get started. Welcome to We're Watching the Podcast. Hello. Hello. I'm Abby. I'm Alexia. Oh, and this week we're watching Jennifer's Body. Well, we watched we Jennifer's watched Body. Jennifer's body. <laughs> wow. We are also slightly dying. Abby's engagement party was last night. And we're both severely hungover and yeah. trying to survive. <laughs> we were talking but, about how we're usually good about this, and we are not. And we are definitely not, no. Well, we have been trying to survive today. We ended up watching the rest of Squid Game. And now we're emotionally traumatized, so we're really just, like, on every single level, physically, emotionally, and internally. There's a lot. Ruined. Yeah. There's a lot that's happened in this last uh, couple of hours. I mean, we we got up at what? Like, 10.30? Yes. So we've had, we've had a whole day to traumatize ourselves. And to we really... really just sucker punched that shit. <laughs> we did. We really did. We shot a bullseye. <laughs> Right into the depths of despair. But yesterday was really such a good day. Like, mm. earlier I told Alexia, you know, yesterday was the day of intention and doing, and today is the opposite of that. Yeah, it really is. Because yesterday we woke up and got breakfast, we went to this fun little diner, and then we went home, got ready for the party, because we went to two parties yesterday, and one of them was a haunted house soiree, and that was so much fun. <laughs> it was excellent. Like, truly excellent. Yeah. Just from everything from scenery to costuming to experience mm-hmm. to the cocktails. Yes. Which is part of the reason why we're dying today. Because <laughs> um, when you get there, you you get one of those wrist bracelets, and it had, like, tabs on it, so you could dispose of a tab whenever you got a drink. It was like the version of drink tickets at a, like, yeah. dance. But it was so much fun, and the drinks were good, and we uh, sacrificed our toenail <laughs> to a dead baby. Oh, my God. That was... <laughs> Trigger warning, dead baby. <laughs> Jesus. Probably should. I also did not sacrifice my other toenail last I night. I forgot. I forgot entirely, so our souls are probably... That's why we're dying. That's why we're dying. Our souls are our slowly souls being dragged to hell. Oh, my God. It all makes sense now. Oh, God. <laughs> Actually, my toenails look really uneven because I, like, my baby, my pinky toes are already really small. <laughs> I know. I have, like, a non-existent pinky toenail. <laughs> They're, like, really small, and now one is gone. Half gone. Every time I get a pedicure, the nail technician's just like, haha, you don't have a toenail. I'm like, thank you. And you're like, I'm aware. Thank you. I didn't lose them. They're just not there. <laughs> Oh my gosh. But yeah, it was so much fun. And we looked beautiful and fantastic. Yeah, we did. We did dress up. I'm glad because the people who didn't dress up, it just, they stuck out worse than the people who had costumes on. There was a couple there and like the guy was wearing jeans and a baseball shirt. And then his girlfriend was wearing like a regular plain ass t-shirt and jeans. And it's just like, come on guys, this is the one time that you can dress up and look apart. It's true. And you said no. It was fun. Like, people, some people were dressed the way we were, which was, like, cocktail slash gala style Mm -hmm. outfits, Um, obviously with spooky tinges. Mm. And then there were some people who, like, went all out on the costuming. We saw a lot of steampunk. So much steampunk. A lot of Victorian. Quite a few vampires. Yes. That Um, one lady, she was so drunk when she was like, look at my yeah. <laughs> she called her husband a fang banger. That was hilarious. I was like, you guys have watched way too much True Blood. We talked to a bunch of random people, strangers. This one man like kept touching us, and we were like, we have to leave now. And we were thankfully saved by Dorothea. By Dorothy Delmont. Delmont. Oh. And apparently we had friends who went the weekend before, and apparently they did not have this experience where we were, like, slowly led upstairs by one of the characters. And we'd seen the secret, like, side room, and so I was very excited because I knew that had to be where we were going. I thought it was going to be so much, like more intense than what it was. I thought it was like I was expecting like doors to slam behind us and lights mm. to flicker and but no, we kind of made a blood pack to save a baby. That was a lot. Uh I feel like they did a really good job with the dread though. I mm-hmm. think that that was what I enjoyed the most. If you haven't already listened to our podcast, um existential dread and like things that really build suspense and 
prey upon your anxieties as a human being are things we really enjoy in our horror. Yes. Um, and I feel like they did a really good job of that. Yeah. I mean, it was all just very odd. It was. Very unsettling. It was like it was a liminal space that we had entered into. There was like music and the musicians were actually hosts <coughs> in the area too. So that was really cool. And they, you know, every, all of the hosts, like, interact with guests. We were first greeted by the owner of the home, Francisco Vega, and he was all dressed up and looking mm. spooky. It was just, like, such an... They really, like, got you in with everything. Although them calling their, their like, dead daughter Little Magpie was, like, a little Ooh. bit much. Yeah, there was... It kind of made me wonder, like... One, did they really call her that, like, once upon a time? Because it was based on, a, like, a true family. Yeah, it was based on Francisco de Goya's <coughs> life, I think. I'm okay. Something like that. Hence the name Francisco being used. Uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, <laughs> They're like, we're not going to change this. <laughs> They're like, we're just going to keep this. Why not? <laughs> but it was um, so much fun. And we did, like, a, a maze that was kind of like a... It felt like an escape room combined with a haunted house maze. Yeah. It was like a choose-your-own-adventure-ish mm-hmm. style thing, but you had to, like... No, I guess it was... It was very Pan's Labyrinth, actually, yes. in that, like, Surreal. it was... There was a creature in every room, and they got more and more unsettling Ooh. as time went on. And so, you'd be going from room to room, and each creature in the room you was missing something. So they would have a an unsettling portrait... Um, on the wall or of that like creature on the wall or propped up of the creature and um, you had to find use that portrait to understand what was missing mm-hmm. for the creature um, then find it give it to them and that would allow you to pass through oh that first one was so scary it had like the long fingers and we gave it like a rib bone and it it did that thing where it held the bone up to its face and deeply inhaled oh, gross. and then it said it basically gave us the gesture to go on ahead, mm. and it was like it was the most terrifying interaction that I thought, other than you reaching in to grab the eyeball from the the pregnant woman's stomach. Oh dear God! But that one, it, it the way that those actors did all of that was so great because you really were like, "Is this the moment? Is this real? Is he gonna let us go? Is are we gonna die here?" <laughs> I didn't think the first one was the creepiest, oh, like because he was. The first one was very, like, Creature from the Black Lagoon. He almost like, reminded me of um, the creature that uh, from Death Note, the one that you hated so much. The big, tall, Oh, yeah. Scary what is it one. called? Well, the Shinigami. But doesn't he have a name? Um, Ryuk. There you go. I was like, I know that they have, that I know that he has a name. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> I Death Note enough that I know. <laughs> see, I don't think it did. I really, truly felt like it was, like... Oh, that's so scary. I... I felt like it was the creature from the Black Lagoon looking, and yeah, but that was the most unsettling room in terms of like all of the dead mm-hmm. body parts and things around it. Like that was what was spooky mm-hmm. for me. Um, but then the one that like the actual one that visibly freaked me out the most mm-hmm. was the thing with the tentacles yes. from its mouth. It was very Lovecraftian, and that one like you're not allowed to touch the monsters, and they're not allowed to touch you, and that's made very clear when you enter, but he got very close. They get close. very close. He was, like, right up close uh-huh. to you, and he had his little Lovecraftian tentacles. He was too close to me. And you could hear him, like, snickering and giggling. Like, ah, I know. I didn't like that. I didn't like the clown one. That one, I, I walked in, and I was like, yeah. oh, my God. And that was the one that screamed at you, <laughs> which was just like, yeah, that was a lot. And, of course, it was always, like... Every by that time, by the time we got to that one, I was like, "It's eyeballs! It's missing eyeballs! It's eyeballs again!" All, all of them except for the first one were missing eyeballs. The first one was rib. No, because the the Cthulhu style creature that freaked oh, that me out the most—that was worms. The worms, because the worms were hidden in the couch, and one of our party members reached into the couch hole and took out the tentacle. It was bad. That was a lot. And then um, the one after that was the one where it was mm-hmm. like, it was a pregnant creature. And there was, like, a hole in mm. the bodysuit. Mm. And it pointed at me and just, like, made me come closer. And I was like, I don't want to. Oh, God, she I guess like, I'm gonna. You're gonna be the one. Yeah, she was just, She was like, this is it. It's you. It's all you. So, like, put my hand in. And I was so worried it was gonna be, like, those. It was, like, like gonna be, like, up. grapes or spaghetti or, like, something very slimy and disgusting. And it ended up being, like, packing peanut style oh, okay. texture, which was way better than what I thought. <laughs> yeah, um, seriously. Yeah. Oh, that was, that was a lot. 
Yeah. And the, the woman behind, me, uh, behind us was like, you are brave. I was you like, am I, son. though? Because, no. You I did was, that. Uh, there was a lot of hesitation before that. <laughs> the guy who reached into the couch just, like, unabashedly. Just yeah, he was the brave And one. we talked to them afterwards, and he's like, we have children. Nothing <laughs> scares us anymore. <laughs> That's true. He's like, there have been way worse things in my hand. And I was like, you know yeah. what? That's fair. Let's leave it at totally that. Totally fair. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I don't have children, but I've watched children, and again, mm-hmm. I get that, but at the same time, there's a huge difference between being like, this is my child, and it's usually just, like, poop, or mm-hmm. spit up, or whatever. Um, there's a huge difference between being like, what am I going to reach out of what this couch? What is coming out of this couch? What is this? And I thought something was going to, like, somebody's hand was going to be, like, grab. Yeah, that, that I think that was more what I was worried, because pe- we kept hearing people screaming, mm-hmm. and we were like, what mm-hmm. is going to happen? And it was either people reacting to mm-hmm. the creatures, or the creature... That actually screamed at yes. you. But I wanted to say, um, in one of our previous episodes, Alexia and I were talking about uh, how fear can equate to being fun. <laughs> because it's very true, like, um, during that whole maze scene, there was one creature that jumped up behind Alexia, and she did scream, but she immediately went, hee hee hee. It was so funny, but it, it really made me think of the podcast when that happened, so I was like, yes, this is true. Yeah. Fear can be fun, and it there, nothing is ever that terrifying, yeah. especially in these situations. Yeah, I told you. I like I was not kidding when I said that I will jump, but I always, almost always laugh. <laughs> it really broke the tension. I think. I agree. I think the only time I don't is when I'm truly frightened. Yes. Like truly, truly frightened, and then I cry. Yes. But this was not a situation. Like yeah. this was. I knew I could be scared, mm-hmm. and with stuff like that, it doesn't bother me. This has, like, we walked in and we had to sign a waiver. Yeah, that was unsettled. We were very unsettled because it was, like, you may see many graphic, disturbing images, including, like, nudity, violence, like, all this other stuff. And they were, like, you may also experience, like, things uh, related to the the experience, like nausea, per bodily harm. And we were, like, what? What did we sign up for? And then at the very top, of course, it said, you could contract COVID-19. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, okay, well, that that I thought. Yeah, that's the one I I understood. But the the whole bodily harm thing somehow was just made me wonder what the heck was going to happen. But then it was a very tame It was really nice. It was more so, like, just enjoyable because they had the whole house set up very cool. There were lights everywhere. Really? I really wish we could have gotten a better picture in that bird cage, but whatever. I know. This is what I get for trusting an old man to take pictures. <laughs> we should have, we should have known. Um, Ma'am, can you take our picture? Yeah. Oh well. Whatever. That was so much we fun. Learn we learn. And then we went home and quickly packed our bags and went up to the engagement party, and it was so much fun. It really was. It was such a Before good time. We continued to drink. Yeah, that was the that was the kicker. We continued to drink, and then eventually I was like, I guess I should eat food, and it was way too late. It was too late, and I had a very bad GERD attack, and was just like shaking, and literally felt like my throat was in a vice. And poor Abby's like, we're almost home, and I'm like, I'm fine, everything's fine. I'm like sweating, ripping my hair out in anxiety, but it was such a fun. It was such a fun evening. It was a really good party. It was fun. You did a great job. I proposed to my fiancé, and I think I surprised a lot of people with it. <laughs> I think so, too. I agree. And I'm over here like she's been hiding that ring for forever. <laughs> hey, Ivy was very surprised. Uh, Morgan took a video of it and sent it to me. So, <laughs> I, you could see him like stepping in and be like, what is happening? What is happening right now? See, when you said it, I was like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like in the back. Like I was, I was at the very back. No, when I went to the bathroom with Chris, and I was like, I have this plan. Please help. And she was like, Okay. <laughs> that was the problem. Was like I, because Kristen was the one banging, and she was right behind me. Mm-hmm. So I, I turned to her, but we really were supposed to turn to you. It was I see slightly confusing, and of course, everyone was pretty inebriated. We were all point. very inebriated. You know what I'm saying. I do. No. I do. Keep in mind, we are, in fact, dying. We are dead. We are the least cogent we would normally be. Yeah. But it's fine. We, we really just wanted to talk about this movie, finally, because we watched it, what, Tuesday? Sometime. I watched it, like, Monday last week. So I've been holding on to this for, like, a week. I watched it last weekend on mm-hmm. 
No, honestly, probably sooner than that. I watched it the day that we decided on Yes. Because I remember you being like, and I watch it. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I don't watch it. <laughs> In all fairness, like, it was one of them. It was a rewatch on mm-hmm. a variety of levels. And so we'll actually talk about Jennifer's body. Um, just as an FYI, like, mad spoiler alert. Skippers come back. Skippers come do back. People, do people really skip our dialogue? I hope not, but... You never know. <laughs> you really never know. I mean, totally fair, but, like, if you do, rude. Please um, at least give us a five-star rating if you do. Like, <laughs> okay, well, we'll bribe you. If you we'll just bribe you. <laughs> you don't want to listen to our drivel, um, then fine, but give us a five stars. Yes. Um, anyway, so, Jennifer's Body was a mad rewatch for me, um, but first time for Abby. It was what? my very first time watching it. I, like, I remember when it came out. Because that was yeah. 2009. Yep. And I just never got around to watching it. I watched it in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it came out. It came out in 2009. Right before we graduated. Yeah, so I watched it in high school. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I saw it in the theater or if I saw it when it was released on HBO a little bit later or if I pirated it on the internet because that was a thing that I did between high school and college. Yes. Like back when that was the thing and we were like we'll we'll risk the viruses for this 100 percent. and i had like a bunch of people tell me i needed to watch it so of course i watched it but i i truly don't remember when or where i saw Mm -hmm. it and why because i i feel like i knew some of the premise of jennifer's body but not nothing had really been like deeply explained or anything Mm -hmm. i knew that she ate boys (laughs) <laughs> yeah but going into it with that in mind i kept making comparisons between this movie and promising young woman See, with the promise of boys get what are you know what if you haven't seen promising young woman i'm sorry but i'm i'm gonna be talking about stuff <laughs> but it, it just kind of made me go oh this is kind of like when i watched promising young woman and i thought it would be something different than what it is Oh. I really thought you were going to go down a completely different path than you just did. I was like, oh, God, here we go. Because I feel like you and I both, we both watched Promising Young Woman together. Yeah, Abby made me watch it with her and watched me squirm on the couch in, like, sheer terror and rage. It's like, if you go into Promising Young Woman, you probably think she is killing these men who are date raping and drugging her and doing all sorts of terrible things. Mm -hmm. But she's not. Yeah, she's not. She doesn't kill them. She basically gives them a stern talking to and freaks them out. Which, like... They deserve. Yeah, fair. But More than fair. I really. feel like a lot of people were just like, hang on, I thought she was going to kill them. and then, I did. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, yeah, fuck yeah, kill this man. And then she doesn't. No, I didn't expect... Here's the thing. I, as weird as I am... And, like, as aggressive as I can be where I'm like, murder! That's my first solution, always. Oh, yeah. Oh, they were mean to you? Let's kill them. Yeah. Um, it, I don't actually mean that. Just, like, for the record, I am not a, <laughs> I am not a serial serious. killer. I am not advocating for murder. And that's what I'm about to... That's, like, where I'm about to go with this mm-hmm. is that every single time, no matter how bad they are, I... Like, if, if the universe conspires to kill them, then fine. But I would never want that... To be the solution. Yeah, Does that it would. Make sense? It may, that that's partially why I really like Promising Young Woman because it doesn't do anything to kill them. Because they would, she would have rather they learn their lesson mm-hmm. and never ever do it again. Mm. That was it. Doesn't do anything to kill them. Yeah, that was the issue I had with Hustlers. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. they're like we're being taken advantage of, which yes, they a hundred percent were. Mm-hmm. But then when they like drugged that guy and took advantage of him that was when I felt very uncomfortable and Mm -hmm. I started to get upset in the theater this is no longer girl power hashtag girl power this is you guys are bad people too yeah you're not better than the people who are ruining your life yeah taking advantage of someone bodily is never gonna be okay Mm -hmm. for me I don't care like what they did I just Mm -hmm. like if you if you can still do that to somebody else you're no longer okay either yeah that is my personal opinion. <laughs> like, I that I, that was a very serious path we just went down. But, oh, like, yeah. yeah, I thought Jennifer's body originally going into it was just going to be, like, boys did bad things, so she killed that, them. That was what surprised me, because I was, like, fully expecting 
people kept talking about how it's a revenge story. She eats boys, and I was like, okay, so these guys do something to her, and she takes her vengeance out on them. No. As far as I can tell, the football player didn't do anything to her. He was sad and grieving, and she killed him. She just ate him. Colin, sweet baby angel boy, the gospel. I know! Colin, sweet angel baby honey boy, did nothing. So well-intentioned. He just was like, this pretty girl finally noticed me and wants to go on a date with me, and then she kills him. So it's like the Jennifer's choices, I think, are so well framed in that mindset of like this isn't girl power movie at all it, it can yeah. be from amanda seyfried's needy's point of view but it jennifer herself is not the protagonist which i almost expected going into it mm, I so see. It, it it's a very fascinating movie yeah. and i was like i really like the context of this <laughs> it is wild. It's kind of, it's hilarious. The dialogue is sometimes very trashy and outdated. Oh, God, I love it. But I, I really like the takeaways I got from it. So I love this movie. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like watching it in, in hindsight, because I remember at the time really getting this movie. Like I really got this movie as a teenager <laughs> in high school. I was like, yes. I under I understood all the lingo. I oh, yeah, like that was the <laughs> fashion like made total sense and like I remember really enjoying this when I watched it the first time. And this time around I was like, did I get old? I don't re- I don't understand what they're saying half the time. What the <laughs> shit is this? Like one of my notes on my phone was, "Oh my god, the dialogue." <laughs> oh my god, the fucking dialogue. The dialogue is incredible in the sense that one I understand again I like I said I understood this mm-hmm. in high school. Oh yeah, we were like, "This is how we talk. This is how we talk to one another." And now watching it, I'm like, "What? What? What context did I have for this? What <laughs> substance did I glean in any of these conversations?" Well, if we can just go back into our Facebook history, oh, dear gracious, <laughs> and we'll be like, "What?" What? <laughs> We're not doing that because even now <laughs> memories will pop up on my Facebook like things from past years of things that Abby and I had posted on each other's walls and I have no context and I think what was wrong with us? Like, what was happening? Particularly in the sense of like teenagers always have a very specific way of talking to one another mm-hmm. that is only relevant. It's like coded as a teenager. slang that is really only relevant within a six month span. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah, think of it almost as colloquialism that is only relevant for a specific period of your ta- mm-hmm, of your life. Mm-hmm. What would we call that? Like a like a dialect that is only that yes. only exists for a, a certain limited time. dialect. <laughs> yeah, it is only relevant at the time during that time period. Mm-hmm. Wow, what a, what a world! Two thousand nine was a different place. We had the low rise flare jeans. Crop tops, the prints. No, I Although was... I did say, uh, we, you and I need to get BFF necklaces. Oh, hell yes. I would wear that all the time. <laughs> I actually would wear that also. Let's get BFF necklaces. I think Kendra has some. Perfect. <laughs> like a Kendra psychopath. Scott knows. She knows. Sorry, I used to work for Kendra Scott, so... And I've always been an obsessive brand fan, so here we are. She understood the assignment. <laughs> she did. Um... I think, too, like, when they were talking about, like, they're going out clothes and they have tank tops over their t-shirts or long sleeve shirts. Oh, God. At one point, Needy's like, does this look hot or something? And her boyfriend's like, I don't know. And then, but I did like the dialogue where she was like, it was her inner dialogue and she was like, I have bigger boobs, but Jennifer controls what I wear so that I don't outshine her or something. So yeah. she definitely, she based everything that she wore based on Jennifer. Yeah, where she's like, wear something cute means something that's attractive enough to be seen with her, but not so hot that it outshines exactly, her. Exactly. It was fascinating. And I, Ivy, I watched this with my fiance, Ivy, and he, I think, got a, a better understanding of girl world from this movie. <laughs> it, he has two sisters, but as a boy he didn't pay much attention to them I don't think he's just like yeah. my sisters are gross younger young people and I don't want to be <laughs> they are <laughs> they are significantly younger than him enough to mm-hmm. know like enough to have that barrier mm-hmm. sorry I just like hiccup no, you're right. that sentence. but he would be like wait is that real and I'm like yeah 100% especially if you have somebody as narcissistic and controlling as Jennifer mm-hmm. then yes whatever she says goes 
But Needy's the one with the boyfriend. So that's like the power balance. Also, her name is fucking Needy. Anita. I hated that. I truly remember like thinking that is now but looking back on it, I'm like, that is so on the nose and mm-hmm. I hate it. Oh, because she's needy. Ew. I Ew. thought it was a joke because I saw like a quote from Jennifer's body a long time ago and I was like, is that a weird nickname that she gave? I mean, it is, but like, it is. It's based off of Anita. <laughs> so dumb. Sorry. Needy. And Jennifer is such a basic bitch name, too. It's Jennifer. 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 Anyway, I love, more of your thoughts. I love. I have so many notes, and the, right after the dialogue, I was floored that Chris Pratt was in this fucking movie. Floored. Oh, I was man. like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Chris Pratt is one of those actors. It's like Chris Pratt, Sebastian Stan, um, even Rami Malek. Like, mm-hmm. people who are really uber famous now to the point where people can't imagine not knowing them. We're in so many backgrounds of movies, oh, yeah. so many side characters for a really long time yeah. that it really does make me giggle when you're like, oh my god, they're in this movie! And I'm like, oh yes. yes. And oh, then yes. I was also, I kept laughing at Adam Brody. Adam Brody? <laughs> Adam Brody. I was laughing so hard because, you know, we all know him in One Tree Hill. Yeah. Oh, sorry, but, we never gave context for this movie. Oh. We never gave a synopsis. Oops. We just, like, We're here. spit out our thoughts. Jennifer... Jennifer and Needy There's a lot. are best. <laughs> yeah, Jennifer and Needy are best friends from childhood. Jennifer is Megan Fox, so mm-hmm. she is hotter than mm-hmm. literally the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, and Amanda Seyfried is really made over to be quite a, a frumpy, bookish best friend. Even though Amanda Seyfried, as we all know, is also incredibly attractive. She is incredibly. She's also coming off of her uh, big love days, I think, there. So True. they she had already played a lot of parts where she was bookish and mm-hmm. whatever. Um, in all fairness, except with the exception of, like, Mean Girls. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, point being, uh, they are best friends from childhood, and they... Are, Jennifer drags Needy out to a concert for this up-and-coming indie band um, at a bar that is way too old for them, which is where they meet Chris Pratt. Uh, Jennifer seems to be also sleeping with Chris Pratt, potentially. Something around there. Uh, like, off and on, something like that. Anyway, um, they go to see this indie band, and long story short, this indie band thinks they found a virgin, uh, to sacrifice to make themselves popular, which made me laugh, because it is very reminiscent of, um, uh, the, the babysitter on Netflix, also spoilers. Um. Thank you. No. <laughs> the point being that like now they think it's funny to be like talking there have been a lot of movies and things around um you know sacrificing things for you know instagram likes or mm-hmm. influencer status or whatever but this is the og because the indie band wants to be famous they sacrifice jenner they do jennifer jennifer jenner, jenner jennifer <laughs> they sacrifice jennifer um which we find out later but they they do become famous however uh jennifer is not a virgin so it goes horribly awry a demon plate takes Takes root in her her body and she just starts eating boys for breakfast it's very much like vampire vampirism where she needs meat and flesh and bones to survive yes to be to remain pretty to remain the ethereal goddess that she thinks she is. Yeah. So Needy immediately starts realizing something's horribly wrong with Jennifer. and Because she vacillates. She vacillates between her true self, mm-hmm. or what we think is her true self, and the demon inside that takes over and seems to really run amok in mm-hmm. her body. Yeah. Um, long story short, they duel... Eventually, um, because she eats Needy's boyfriend, uh, they duel and, you know, um, Needy comes out on top, but also was slightly injured in the process and eventually takes on transference of some of the demon's powers. And she's not a virgin either. No. So. She is not. Uh, last we see, she's in a prison, a women's prison facility in she escapes. She is floating in midair, escapes, busts it down, and it seems like she's on her way to tackle all of those band members who mm-hmm. sacrificed Jennifer for their sinister plot to get famous. 
walked out. Yeah. That was a terrible synopsis, but here we are. Here we are. Anyways, but yes, Adam Brody we is all, the lead singer of the band. Yes, he, we know him from One Tree Hill. I, mo- I don't, I haven't really watched One Tree Hill ever. Um, but he's he not was, from. The, no, he's not from One Tree Hill. He's from the OC. Same thing. He's from the OC. Honestly, same thing. <gasps> Honestly, no, the, the OC was thing. so much better than One Tree Hill. I didn't watch right, either of them. Fine. So in my terrible TV experience, Adam Brody was in Gilmore Girls. As a soft rocker boy who desperately wanted to get famous. So, but Adam Brody is such a a sweet human being that watching him in this role was hilarious. The dark eyeliner, hilarious. (laughs) Him just, he delivered his lines very well, but I couldn't, like, believe him as a sadistic person i was just like you're no you're adam Brody. oh i believed him as i believed him as the vapid narcissistic lead singer he he could deliver his lines really well but i'm just like that's you i think i've seen him as the bad guy in a couple of things so i it just killed me one of my notes was it's a bad boy the eyeliner's killing me (laughs) (laughs) i like that you wrote that in a note (laughs) Yes, I mean, all my thoughts are in these notes. <laughs> like one of them just says "kill men," and I think that was <laughs> I think that was right after they like in the movie they show Jennifer getting pushed basically into the van with the band members and the doors closing and she looks scared and upset but also like w- she brushed Needy off to go do this so she was like just let me be just let me do this she but, was clearly in shock though mm-hmm. like as much as. Like, going through the movie, I did think, like, okay, Jennifer must have already been a huge fucking weirdo if that, if Needy doesn't really, like, get phased by some of the things she says and does. Oh, yeah. Like, she is phased by some of them, which, you know, leads her to believe that she is, in fact, possessed by a demon or that something's wrong. But there are some things where I'm like, that would be unusual behavior to me. Oh, yeah. And she rolls with it completely. Yeah. And is unfazed. To the point where I think, like, how bad of a friend was Jennifer before this? No. I mean, obviously they did dress it. Because even, battle. like, Needy's boyfriend was like, she's a mean girl. He hates her. He's like, this girl fucking sucks. Like, she pushes me. I kind of mean- didn't like him either, though. So. I just remember him from Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. I know. <laughs> but, like, Jennifer pushes Needy hard. Like, with the, the play and the laugh and giggle, but she's always rough. To the point where it's like, you're just being mean at that point for no reason. Yeah. So it, it, it must have just been, like, a thing where... Maybe it's just like, yeah, this is just who she is. Can't change her. I mean, she does always choose needy, though. And I think that that's, I think that that's playing into that mm-hmm. toxic relationship. Oh, where yeah. Their relationship is fascinating. The relationship is super toxic. Um, and, like, needy may be needy or eager to please. Mm-hmm. We'll go with eager to please. But I feel find that Jennifer continues to invest in and that makes Needy feel special. Mm-hmm. So as long as Jennifer invests in her, she will invest back. Mm-hmm. The problem is is that she still somehow invests more, more. than Jennifer ever oh, yeah. does. Ever. One of my questions was I kept getting this feeling that Needy was somehow clairvoyant, especially when it came to Jennifer. Yeah. And it, Ivy and I talked about it and there was that scene, that flashback where they're playing in the sandbox and they do that blood pact, and I'm like, mm-hmm. did that? Is there something magical, truly, with that that really connected Needy to Jennifer in a way that she just is always aware of Jennifer on a plane that is more than just basic intuition? So I was like, that's kind of fascinating. Yeah, I couldn't decide whether it was she was in tune with Jennifer or that she had powers of her own Mm -hmm. on the whole. And I agree. I was expecting to see that play out a lot more in the movie because I truly could not remember how it ended. Oh, yeah. I remember them, like, rolling around in the bed when she finally stabs Mm -hmm. Jennifer. I remember, um, you know, all of the things, a lot of the things leading up to it. I just could not remember how it ended, which... Mm -hmm. What a train wreck for me, knowing, like, I don't remember how it ends. Um, But I I do remember both times in watching it wanting to, 
have that explored, whether mm -hmm. Needy was clairvoyant, if you will, mm -hmm. or possessing of some sort of supernatural powers, or if she was just an in-tune best friend, yeah. who then, of course, started taking on some aspects of the demon. Mm -hmm. Uncertain. But Uncertain. she really does display an uncanny knowledge of Jennifer, Jennifer's whereabouts, has that mm -hmm. sixth sense sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. She, it, it just was very uncanny. It was like, this would be a fan, fascinating magical system if it could be explored further. <laughs> but leaving it where it is is fun. I was also surprised by J.K. Simmons. Yeah. And Ivy was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, that's J.K. Simmons in a bad wig. And for some reason, they gave him, like, a mechanical arm. <laughs> I and then they never explored that either. And I was like, what is up with the arm? What is going on here? <laughs> they, I thought there was going to be something with the arm that he would do. Or yeah. they would ex explain, like, he lost it. and stuff. No. He literally just has a mechanical arm and bad afro. Yeah, there are a lot of unrealistic, unbelievable things about this movie um, that I just really appreciate, oh, yeah. just for the sheer camp of it all. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, J.K. Simmons' inclusion just felt it's like... So it felt like a, it was a great addition, but it also was somewhat of a misstep in that they could have done so much more with yes. him. Because I almost thought that maybe Jennifer would kill him. Um I thought he would be more helpful in some way because he just was that one teacher in the entire school that was involved with everything. True. <laughs> so it's like, is he just here to provide the subtext? I think so. <laughs> I agree. Subtext, comic relief, what have you. <laughs> Ivy was like, who's that? And I was like, whiplash. And he goes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's not my first thought when I think of J.K. Simmons, but no. that's true. That is what he is more recently famous for. I really, I really liked whiplash. It was a good movie. I did not like it. It's okay. Everybody loves it. But I was like, I feel like I lost my soul in this movie. I didn't say I loved it. I just felt like it was a well done movie. So I guess I'm somewhere in between. Yeah. What else is new? What else is new? Um, Anyways. Um, so I did really love when uh, Needy could hear. Oh, that was another reason why I thought she had mystical powers. When mm. she overhears Adam Brody talking yes. to his bandmates. And I'm like, is she really overhearing that? Or is she a thousand miles away and using ESP of some sort? Anywho. It's, yeah, it, was, it just was um, like, what is going on with Needy? But I was laughing because they're like, oh, yeah, we found a virgin. virgin. And she's like. Hey Jennifer, they think you're a virgin. Jennifer's like, what the what? She's like, like I'm not even a backdoor virgin. And it was it was the backdoor virgin comment that like really killed me. Especially when she's like, I couldn't even, you know, when I did it with Chris Pratt, um, whose whose character's name I do not remember, but she's like, yeah, thanks to that guy over there, like not even a backdoor virgin. I couldn't even go to Six Flags the next day because I was in so much pain I had to sit in a bag of frozen peas. Yes, and that was like that was the moment I think I completely lost it, just out loud laughing because I was just like, this is ridiculous. I love, but I, I just love that dialogue. It was yeah, so fun. It was great. And the only note I would have about that dialogue. Other than, you know, it being very outdated is they were very ableist in it. And they yeah. used the R slur quite a lot. A lot. And variations of the R slur. Yeah. Ivy and I were both like, holy shit, can y'all stop? And I know that back people then, did that constantly back then. We, yeah, we were not good about it as a society. It was awful. And the, it really sent me back to be like, oh, God, we were awful. See, I'm that asshole slash good human nitty person. Wow, I don't know what words are today. No. I was the terrible slash good person who anytime somebody used that word was like, I don't like it, don't use it. Mm -hmm. I still do that. People usually hate me for it. That's but fine. They can hate you for it. And then well, I did that. Just know that it's a bad thing to say. Yeah, when I went to Wilmington and we were sitting at dinner and I was like, don't use that word. And the person like got very uncomfortable and then really? apologized a thousand times and I was like, yeah, maybe we should just leave that in the, leave that in the past. We're yeah. done with that word. Move on with it. Yeah, that, that really dated the dialogue, and I was like, well, this is upsetting. And it really takes you out of it. I don't know if it took me out of it. It was just like, oh, God, that was something mm -hmm. people said often. Yikes. Yes. Yikes, yikes. Um, yeah, I was sad that she killed 
the poor guy whose friend died, and he went off into the woods to grieve. She was like, come come with me, we'll go grieve, and it's like, literally all he wanted was like a physical hug or touch or something, and then she seduced him, and it really, it was gut-wrenching, literally, to literally. say, to like, be like, all he wanted was like a friend, because nobody, in a patriarchal society... Uh, nobody really gives men the ability and room to be sad, to right. cry, to admit that they loved a friend. And when they lose one, it's it's a hard thing to get through. And it's like, Jennifer still took that away. I know. He had no space to be emotional. And he's alone in a field. All he wanted was somebody to listen to him and to, like, hold his hand. It was sad. And then, of course, J.K. Simmons being like, oh, I'm just going to leave him be. Mm-hmm. No, go be with him. Then he, you could have kept him from being murdered. Honestly. And then you hear him screaming from the woods and you think like, nope, better not investigate that. Right? Like, oh my god. Damn it, J.K. Simmons. Ugh. It's very sad. It is. And Colin, I really loved Colin. What is he, what was he in? I have I seen know. a bunch of things with him in it. Was it. Just like, I'm going to figure this out really quickly. You continue with your yeah. thoughts. <laughs> it was really just like Jennifer chose men that didn't deserve to die, which I feel like she did a really bad job of being a demon or the demon was not, or maybe the demon showed what a bad person she is because she didn't choose, quote unquote, the right people to kill. She just started killing mm. boys willy-nilly but, based on if they were easy prey or not. Whereas when Needy was imbued with the demon, she did go after the perpetrators, the people responsible for the pain and suffering. And that just kind of shows their their own character traits. Where Jennifer is very self-centered and doesn't care about the the consequences of her actions, so she just doesn't think ahead. Whereas Needy was like, Oh no, I'm going to fuck shit up. <laughs> no, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> everyone who hurt my Jennifer will in fact pay. Because yeah. even if Jennifer was a bad friend, she was still her friend. Yeah, exactly. And those men were still a people who felt like they could just murder someone in the woods. Murder. Jennifer, Needy loved Jennifer more than just, you know, romantic love. But she, it, they explored all, the, all these different types of love. And Needy really, truly loved Jennifer. And would choose Jennifer every time over anything else. And I think mm-hmm. as soon as she chose her boyfriend over Jennifer, that was where the split in their relationship really took place. I agree. So I looked up um, this actor. His name's Kyle Gallner. Gallner? Um, and the guy who plays Colin. Mm-hmm. And I remember now, like, I've seen, I obviously have seen him in a bunch of movies, but uh, the most famous one he's pro- from that time period was The Haunting in Connecticut. He was the kid with cancer and you have not seen that so I don't know why I'm saying I'm literally giving her a blank stare (laughs) blinking at me (laughs) I hate when you do that because I know I'm in the wrong here but still Um, like that's fascinating (laughs) so he was the the main character in the the haunting in Connecticut um apparently he's about to be in the new Scream movie it says Scream 2022 so uh but he was also in American Sniper um, apparently, and also in Veronica Mars, I remember him from, um, The Finest Hours, Beautiful Creatures, and, um, Red Eye. He's the kid with the pen. I remember watching so, Red Eye. I really enjoyed that movie. Yeah, so he's been in quite we a few things. watched with you. It Did you? At, yeah, it was at your house. Damn. I remember... Ha! I remember. Was it in the living room? No, it was upstairs. All in the loft. Yeah. The loft. What a time. Oh, man. Because so we also watched uh, Resident Evil up there. <laughs> I forgot about that. The dogs. <laughs> the fucking dogs. Abby and I watched Resident Evil with a bunch of friends. <laughs> oh, my God. I think That's we also so watched Sucker Punch up there, and I love Sucker Punch. So we did watch Sucker Punch up there together, and that was a you and me mm-hmm. event. Just us. Resident Evil we watched with a bunch of people, because I'm pretty sure Tommy was there, because he yes. had a lot of commentary on that He had one. so much commentary on it. Um, yeah. <laughs> so. Clearly horror films are a thing that I do with my friends. <laughs> this is how Alexia shows love. It, it's the, now the sixth love language is watch horror movies together. <laughs> I know. Somebody at work who I think is just precious. Uh, asked me for some horror movie recommendations, yes. and I was like, oh my gosh, this is real friendship! <laughs> you made my life complete! 
You want to be my friend? You want to do stuff? We were talking about it yesterday, and it's like, Alexia's ideal date, for anybody who's listening, Alexia is single. Her ideal date is somebody who is willing and eager to go on haunted house tours or scary movie watches or anything like that. Honestly, truly, just anybody who would humor me in that capacity is mm-hmm. really it. Yeah, you don't have to love it. I mean, I'd appreciate it. It would be nice appreciated it. it. But I think, like, even if you were just willing to do it, I don't have to do all of those things with everyone. Obviously, I have other friends and family <laughs> that, I can, that I can ask to do some of those things with. But uh, her the willing... Language. Yeah, the willingness. It's the effort, man. Mm-hmm. It's the, the effort. effort is key. Speaking of effort, um, one of my notes on my phone, I, I'm wondering where I got this from. They're agents of Satan with really awesome haircuts. <laughs> I think that was a uh, quote that Jennifer had. <laughs> agents of Satan with really awesome haircuts. You know what? That's Right. That sounds like a piece of dialogue. <laughs> because I wrote it down and each word is up and capitalized. <laughs> They're agents of Satan with really awesome haircuts. Oh my gosh. I'm and looking at the notes and it is exactly what that My says. very last note says gaslight and all caps. <laughs> <laughs> it could really mean anything. Gaslight. Gatekeep. Girl boss. Mansplain. Manipulate. Manipulate. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> it's prevalent in every movie. It really is. Gaslighting. It's everywhere. Especially in horror films. Oh yes. Horror this films are like prime candidates for gaslighting. Mm-hmm. Of any of any kind. Between law enforcement and civilians, between uh intimate partners, between friends, between, you know, the normal world who's like absolutely there's no such thing as supernatural entities, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Um, and the people who are experiencing manifestations, truly anything. Gaslighting yeah. is a core concept for Jennifer film. was a pro at it. She really was. Jennifer's not a good person, nor is she a good friend. But it was just fascinating to see her relationship with Needy. I know. Because she, she needed Needy in a way that she I don't even think she understood. I agree. It was that validation that she craved. I think that's a really insightful... You're welcome. I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> um, I really also wish that they'd expounded upon and explored more that moment where it's almost like Needy's being um, hypnotized, and then all of a sudden they start making out, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you're you're wondering how much of that is accurate because she throws over her boyfriend who is mm-hmm. ready and willing to get naked with her for Mm -hmm. Jennifer pretty frequently. Oh, yeah. Well, even when they were having sex, she kept seeing Jennifer the entire time, and she was just, like, focused. He was like, oh, she's having a really good time. Oh, my God, I know. No, she's looking at Jennifer and seeing her being hurt and traumatized or something, and maybe he's crying. Yeah, she was gasping in fear, Mm -hmm. and he thought she was gasping with pleasure, which... Honestly, is a very... Uh, all right, we're going to walk a line here. We're going to tread we're this gonna carefully. We're going to walk a line. It is frightening <laughs> how frequently the lack of awareness is there. Oh, yeah. By the male gender when it comes to physical intimacy. They only have enough blood it. to go to one brain. And fortunately, it's not the one that we need to use. I know. There are a few exceptions to that rule, of course, and of they course. know who they are, yeah. but, well, I guess they all think that that's... But them, also, but it's no. like, it, your first time getting having sex, and you're Is still... Is it their first time, though? That's yeah. what I couldn't decide. That was their first time having sex, and it, I guess, you're, you know, he's just, he's just excited that this is finally happening. She seems really, like, yeah. into it, too, she, At the beginning, she was very into it, and then she kept seeing Jennifer in that mm-hmm. chair, and it was just like... I get that takes you real out of it. And he was just like, wait, what? <laughs> I know. It was a Poor very thing. odd. That was a very odd sequence. But it really established like that, how connected she was to Jennifer. Mm-hmm. And where she can't even enjoy her own life and her own experiences because Jennifer will always take precedent. So I think killing Jennifer was necessary for Needy to grow into adulthood. I don't think she could have ever progressed mentally. If Jennifer was still alive or around, uh, yeah, um, potentially. Um, 
I don't know if we would say that she emotionally and mentally matured, though, because then it was on a path of vengeance for Jennifer mm-hmm. or on Jennifer's behalf. So, I don't know. I feel like she still informs a lot of the decisions that Needy makes, mm-hmm. even after she's gone. In all fairness, though, the demon did transfer from Jennifer to, to her. her. Or not, maybe not a full demonic possession, but there is uh, quite a bit of quality transfer mm-hmm. there. So, TBD, really. Yeah. Very open-ended. Exactly. Yeah, there's a lot that's not explained by this movie. Which, in a lot of ways, made it fun, but in some ways, I was like, no, I wanted more exposition here. I did, I wanted more exposition. I, especially, because again, they're making out, and she's like, what the fuck? Which, (laughs) then Jennifer's like, well, you never, you you never use language like that. um, But truly, you can't, I can't decide if she was... Saying that to the situation or to Jennifer coming on to her or her, even her response to Jennifer coming on to her. Mm-hmm. It was just a very good blanket oh, yeah. reaction. But I, I did truly want to see more of that and understand why she was so, was she so willing to get into it because she actually was super attracted to and, and, and in love with Jennifer? Or is it just that the demon was in fact very persistent in yeah. its possession? Because when she did the, the infamous sequence that the early aughts loved with going onto the Google and looking at pictures and everything. It, mm-hmm. it kept coming up with succubus, succubus, succubus. Yeah. So Jennifer definitely, whether she intended to or not, seduced everybody that she came in contact with. Well, yeah. I mean, 100%. Mm-hmm. That's how she was able to lead everyone away. Mm-hmm. But I, um, I also really laughed during their fight sequence where she eats her boyfriend, mm-hmm. or Jennifer eats Needy's boyfriend, and Needy's like, I thought you only ate boys! And she just cracks her neck and goes, I, I go, go both, both ways. ways. God, Needy, how could I be insecure? <laughs> I was the snowflake queen. <laughs> that, I love that whole conversation I that know. they had, because Needy knows how to hurt Jennifer. A hundred percent. I think that's why I was less wondering I was less um concerned about like the toxicity of their relationship in that needy got nothing out of it or mm-hmm. that or that Jennifer didn't feel the same way about needy because obviously she's she knows her enough to confide in her with those things mm-hmm. but yeah her saying you're, you're not socially relevant anymore you would need laxatives in order to stay as skinny as you are it was, she just is like I know how to dig into you and make you hurt yeah it was such a girl fight. It was. We we fight with words. We fight with words, but we go for the jugular. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. Did you have a favorite quote from the movie? It was still the bag of peas. <laughs> like, I just don't know why I'm fixated on that, and I laugh because, so my cousin is an, uh, a labor and delivery nurse. So she's always talking about, like, the bags of ice that mm-hmm. they have their their patients sit on so that was just like very transfixed and very visceral for me in my mind um was the bag of peas moment but i really loved um when they were at the bar and she gets the 9-11 special and she brings up the shot glasses and she goes the second one isn't even full and she makes a sad face and ivy and i were dying laughing the second one isn't even full Jennifer had some amazing quips. Like I, this I really love this campy. movie because it it's campy, it's a lot of fun, mm-hmm. and the dialogue is just so funny. Even if it wasn't intending for all of that outdated dialogue to be funny, it it is now. It doesn't hold up, but it's so funny. It's a great nostalgia trip, though, mm-hmm. because I think about that, and I think yeah, that's exactly how we spoke to mm-hmm. one another. It's not unrealistically quippy in the Gilmore Girls sense mm-hmm. where you think no one would ever come up with that on the, spot. In, on the spot and in such a rapid fire fashion but the one or two quips that come out of each set of interactions in Jennifer's body are very relevant because teenagers are hilarious they say what's on their mind and they come up with some weird shit where you're like how did you think of that <laughs> I'm sorry, but think about how we interacted with one another. Mm-hmm. We were we, we were, were part we were, but we were part regular dialogue, part quotes of things that were relevant from a pop culture standpoint. Even now, when you just said, um, "What was it?" Oh, they understood the assignment. Okay, 
20 years from now, people aren't going to know what the hell that means. <laughs> but because we are all addicted to TikTok right now, yes. everybody understands that. And It'll, but it won't be relevant 20 years from now. That entire, like, this movie came out when Alexia and I were still in high school, so it's very relevant to our high school experience. And mm. it's just, like, our generation, we literally grew up with the internet and the internet's own version of dialogue. And te- text-to-speech all stuff right. where we would, we would walk, walk around and say, Ruffle. I okay. I didn't do that, but I will. I will. I will. Yes, take that. But I will also counter it with. It was the beginnings of the internet. Yeah, exactly. We we began with all of it, but there's still stuff that would like leak into it, and we were just getting all sorts of information all over the place. So our dialogue, (coughs) excuse me, our dialogue was very much based in that. Our dialogue was half and half. Mm -hmm. It was more informal than previous Mm -hmm. generations. And a little more pop culturally relevant Mm -hmm. because of the internet. But it also was very limited by the interactions that we could have. Because even then, you know, they have the cell phone, the flip phones. Mm -hmm. You know, we, Mm -hmm. I didn't have texting in high school. Mm -mm. I didn't have texting in high school. It costs money to text. Yeah. It costs money to do that. And our parents would be like, don't you fucking dare text anybody unless it's an emergency. And we're like, okay. And then yeah. you accidentally open up the internet on your phone and you have to like quickly get out oh of it God, and reset your phone. Because <laughs> you're like, fear, I'm going to die. The fear that you might use data when it was so expensive oh was truly tragic. Yeah. So I didn't have texting. So them, you know, interacting by actually calling each other mm-hmm. on the phone. That was what we did. That was so much more relevant for us. Mm-hmm. Um, or them just talking while they did stupid stuff in their house. That's yeah. That's exactly how we communicated. Exactly. I really like that. Yeah. I wonder how the this movie would look if it was made today. Yeah. I don't know. Probably a little bit more like the babysitter. I take your word for it. Which we should probably watch. We'll put that on the list. It is campy and ridiculous, and I do love it. We love camp. Maybe we should rename the podcast to We Heart Camp. We Heart Camp. (laughs) You know what? I'd be down for that. I'd be down for that. Because I do. And and horror films, ultimately, mostly, a lot of the best ones are campy. Mm -hmm. There are very few that are truly scary and well done in being scary. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, a lot of them do really well with being campy. But again, we all consistently talk about that intersection between fear and laughter. Mm-hmm. And it's a true adrenaline rush. Like, people who say that they're adrenaline junkies but then are afraid of horror films, I'm like, first of all, I would never get on a roller coaster. <laughs> that sounds like my idea of a bad time. And then other people are completely unfazed by it. But then they, they're like, oh, I don't know how you can watch horror films. Um, real life is scarier, friends. Have you ever been on Mount Everest in uh, Disney World? <laughs> is it called Mount Everest? I thought it was Thunder Mountain. No, uh, Mount there's Everest. one in Mount Everest where a Yeti pops out. Oh! So it's like, you, you're just, your adrenaline comes from a different place. And don't knock horror movies just because it's a different type of adrenaline. Don't yuck my yum. Exactly. Don't I don't know who coined that phrase, but don't yuck my yum is pretty much the <laughs> And very apt here. Exactly. <laughs> we heart camp. We heart camp. Yeah. It, I think that's it. It's it's fun. It's mm-hmm. a fun ride. Jennifer's Body is a fun movie. It was so funny. Ivy and I had a blast watching it. Good. And I'm I so hope I, I watch it again in a couple of years so I can continue to laugh at it. Again. It was very interesting to watch it again. Mm-hmm. Knowing... One, that I couldn't remember the ending, but two, that I was so into it at mm-hmm. the time. And again, I'm still into it, but it was definitely a dis- somewhat dissociative experience for me in that I couldn't understand why I'd felt that movie so strongly oh, yeah. the first time. <laughs> what a difference a, what a decade plus makes. Right? Wow. I love it. Yeah, that's great. Any other thoughts before we wrap? No thoughts, just feelings. No feelings, even. I feel like we're still scarred from Squid Game. If you haven't watched Squid Game, I don't know what you're doing. But it is a very good show. I still can't believe. I can't believe. 
any of it. Oh I can't God. believe a lot of things that have happened to me in relation to Squid Game. It is such a good show. It really it is. It has everything. <laughs> it really is so good. <laughs> it, it also, I mean, if you feel the way that we do about dread <laughs> and build up and good psychological exposition, mm. Squid Game is 100% We were literally real. on the couch squirming and screaming. Squirming yes. and screaming. Squirming, screaming, and screeching, because I definitely shriek. I, I do was... not. <laughs> I don't guttural scream. I turn into this high-pitched <laughs> demon. <laughs> so. Um, but yeah, please. 10 out of 10. Please watch it. Please watch. Um, I was more disturbed by Squid Game. Not disturbed, but like, I was unsettled by Squid Game far more than a lot of um, horror films or other things, and Korean and Japanese horror gets it on another level that Americans somehow just can't quite get that deep. You know, um, it, it's hard yeah. to do that, but for the most part, whenever I see Japanese horror, I'm like, "Ooh, this is gonna fuck me up." K horror. I wouldn't even say Japanese horror does that does it for me because I don't think that they do. K horror has consistently delivered for me. They are very consistent over and over and over. Are y'all okay? But it I know also, you're not, but are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> also, in some ways, though, I was hesitant to watch Squid Game because it was Korean. Not in the sense that, like, my uncle was, like, a racist. Yeah, like, exactly. Okay, first no. of all, no. Yeah, it's yeah. just that I know that they do disturbing, realistic things very, very well. So as more I was hesitant in terms of the emotional and psychological trauma I knew mm-hmm. I could potentially be putting myself through because they do it so well. If anything, it's an honor for me to be hesitant to watch your damn show or movie or whatever because I know it's going to take me to a dark place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you really have to be mentally ready yeah. to delve into that kind of I actually had to watch something else when I first started it. I had to watch something like happy before I went to bed. Because I, I couldn't sit in that. I really couldn't. I couldn't sit in it. Uh uh-uh. It's too much. We were literally on the couch for like an hour afterwards and we were just like, I have seen everything. Yeah, we made the mistake of watching the last, what, three, three or four episodes. episodes. I, no, because I was on episode six. So we watched six through nine yeah. today. Together. That was heavy. That was a lot. That was a lot. We did. We took a break to go buy pumpkins to carve. Pumpkins. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah, so we're going to do pumpkins tonight. Woo! Yeah. Jennifer Body. Very good movie. Watch it if you can. I got it for five ninety nine on Amazon, and it was the unrated version, which I don't quite understand because there wasn't anything explicit. I mean, it could have just been at additions. Keep in mind that this was a time still when movies loved having unrated versions. Oh, yeah. And they, they knew what they were doing with this marketing. They were like, we're going to get... We're, we're so scandalous with this barely clad young girl in a cheerleader's outfit. Megan yeah. Fox is the quintessential hot girl. Oh, <laughs> Megan Fox, though. She's still a hot girl. She's a hot girl. Sex lady. <laughs> Anyway, the point being, uh, it is also um, it is also free with commercials. I don't know if it was on Hulu or Apple TV, something like that. I I, feel I just like Apple TV. So I just search for things on Apple TV now because it'll tell me what uh, apps I have that I can watch it in. There you go. Okay. Yeah, I use it as a cheat sheet essentially because I rarely watch it through Apple TV unless I have no other options. So it was on either on Apple TV or on Nap through Apple TV with commercials. Gotcha. So that's how I watched it. Okay. And we will announce our next movie on social media. Check out every Monday for that post. We're officially, like, out of order with Uh, all of our... So we're just going to wait until we post it on social media because it's too hard for us to wait. (laughs) We're struggling here. Yeah. But um, please rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, Give us all the stars that you... Would like to give us, honestly. No, don't give us stars unless it's good. Please if you give us hate good us, stars. If you hate us, just stop watching. Don't don't downrate us. We're sad. Yeah. Um, you can follow us on social media. Our Instagram is We Are Watching Horror, no punctuation whatsoever. Um, our Facebook is We Are Watching Podcast. Our Twitter is What uh, Watching underscore Horror. 
And our Gmail, if you have any comments, questions, um, suggestions, is wearewatchingpod at gmail.com. I love that you have all of our social media memorized. And I'm I haven't trying. touched any of it. I'm trying so hard. <laughs> like, there's so much. Yeah, extra shout out to Abby. Like, if anyone's curious, Abby is the one who puts all of the effort into the social media. <laughs> I do absolutely nothing. <laughs> I had fun with it. it gives yeah. me the creative outlet I need. <laughs> oh my god. It's just, it that causes me anxiety. Um, anyway. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. We will see you next week. And until then... We're watching.